The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage. But intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're tuned in to an all-new edition of Talk of Champions. I've been Garrett Bradley Sal coming up in just a second, as well as guest Bobby Massey. It's Alabama week, and who can forget Bobby Massey's signing day announcement when he was about to put on the Alabama hat, and he flipped it behind his head and went for the Ole Miss hat. And you're going to learn something about that day when he joins us on the Modern Women phone line. But before we get into all of it, let me tell you quickly about my bookie. Winning season returns at my bookie. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means insane props, epic bonuses, and the craziest cross-sport wagers. At my bookie, winning season means watching live sports and betting live sports all season long. Rejoice! The NFL has returned. That means action-packed Sundays and huge cash prizes. Get in on the action. Use promo code TOC, Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. Use promo code TOC, TOC, and double your first deposit. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, NFL vet. He joins me as the co-host here shortly. Today's guest is Bobby Massey, another former Ole Miss offensive lineman, currently with the Chicago Bears. They're playing on Thursday night football tonight against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But it's Alabama week, and I know that Brad and Bobby, those teams, they didn't beat Alabama, but Bobby still had one of the most amazing commitment announcements when he put on the Alabama hat or he acted like he was going to, then flipped it behind him, put on the Ole Miss hat, 
We went through the whole moment for him. And there's something you're going to learn, because I learned it, that's going to astound you. And he's coming up on the Modern Woman phone line in just a little bit. Brad, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Ben? I'm good, man. Game week, Alabama, Saturday. We don't know if it's going to be played or if it's going to be moved to Friday, Sunday, 6.30 on Saturday, maybe to the open date for both teams, November 7th, because of Hurricane Delta. But let's just for now assume that it's going to be played on time. It's Alabama. You've seen Ole Miss. <laughs> You've seen Alabama. We don't expect Ole Miss to win, but now that you're two days removed or away from it, how do you see it playing out? Um, you know, obviously it's going to be a tough game just, just from a, a mismatch standpoint. I mean, Alabama is, is so good offensively and, and they're, that's one of their, you know, their strengths, all the playmakers they have on there on, you know, on offense. So I think our defense doesn't match up very well with them. And, and then if you look at it, Hey, if the weather's going to be terrible, is that going to hurt our passing game, which is our only hope to, um, you know, really score some points. So, um, yes, it could, could be a tough day, but, um, you know, there's, there's a reason you, you show up, put on the uniform and go play it. I mean, crazier things have happened in sports. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this competing. When you have to say crazier things have happened, you know that you're a prohibited <laughs> underdog. I think Ole Miss at last check was a three touchdown dog. And that sounds about right. There's no such thing as moral victories, but for this Ole Miss team to close the gap between themselves and Alabama, and Lane Kiffin said it this week. He said, look, that's the program we want to be one day. That's the elite premier program in college football, one of the best all time. We want to be that one day, but we're not there yet. We just got here. So knowing all that and knowing what they've done, have Alabama to Ole Miss the last three years, if you can play them competitively, and yeah, they might stretch it out towards the end, but if you can at least put a seed of doubt in the minds of Alabama fans, even your Ole Miss fans who think that you're not going to be competitive – that's a win, and that's something that you can build on. And I know, again, that there are no moral victories, but still. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and the closest we ever came, I mean, we were almost turning the corner probably five or six years ago whenever we had that big recruiting class. And and how you turn the corner, man, is you got to just start winning. And, and, and when you win, obviously recruits want to come, and then it has to be a string of winning seasons. And we were almost turning that corner before we had all the crazy stuff happen with all the violations and everything. And you got to start stacking some good classes together so you can start, um, you know, instead of rebuilding, reloading every year. So, I mean, that's that's how you get there. And, um, you know, we've, we've been close. We almost has been close. And obviously we had a major setback. But the only way to do this is to win with what you got um, while you are what you are. And then winning will solve everything. I don't care what anyone says. When you start winning, you'll put together some classes and, and we can get to where they are. But it's going to take winning. If you could take – Ole Miss postponing this game or played it on time in this crappy weather, what would you take? I mean, I'd, I'd like to cancel it so we can get a you know <laughs> couple 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 other wins under our belt, and then we can go in there and you know going to one and two it would be a lot worse than going to like four and two or something, you know. So um, I, I think after this one though, I think we're gonna um, I honestly think we're gonna be in every single game for the rest of the year. This is the only one that that would take a you know a modern miracle, but. Um, yeah, the rest, the rest of them, I feel, I feel good about them. Okay, so as far as Hurricane Delta is concerned, Wednesday afternoon, it had slammed into Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula and was headed towards the U.S. Gulf Coast. It was expected to make landfall on the Louisiana and Mississippi coast late that afternoon as a Category 4. As it landed in Cancun, it was a Category 2, but it was going back over the Gulf. 
and again would get stronger and stronger than land as a category four. So it could impact Ole Miss's game. I think that we're supposed to know for sure whether or not Ole Miss moves the game or changes the time today, later today. So you might be listening to this, and that announcement has come. That's what Lane Kiffin said on Wednesday, that effectively we'll know more on Thursday. In those type of conditions, because the last thing we heard late Wednesday, I think Chuck Ronsville, the Ole Miss Spirit, put this out there, that they can move it from 5 to 6.30. I don't know what good that does, but if they do play at 6.30 or if the announcement is that the game is going to be played on Saturday, you've played in these kind of conditions before. You've played when it's torrential downpour and terrible winds. It could be 10 to 15 mile per hour winds, a 90% chance of rain. What's that like? How do you, how do you stick to a normal script in an environment like that? Yeah, I think you're just gonna have to you're gonna have to realize it's gonna be a you know a crazy day. Um, you know, like they say, athletes are creatures of habit, but um, you're gonna have to know when you go out there that, that there's gonna be some mistakes on both sides. You're just gonna have to you know go with the go with the flow, go with the ebbs and flows of the game. And um, you know, I mean, I, yeah, obviously it's it's just gonna be tough. I mean, you're just gonna have to know that it's uh, um gonna be a tough day out there. I mean, every every game I've ever played played in that's windy, wet. I mean, it's it's hard to even judge the game afterwards because there's so much that's affected by weather that, um, you know, it's hard to put a good judgment on it, but you never know. It could go in our favor. You know, it could, that they could have the ball fly out a few times, you know, vice versa. So, um, yeah, that's one of those games where it's usually a toss up. For Ole Miss though, this is not what you want with your offense, with your tempo, with your passing. Matt Corral is among the NCAA leaders in passing efficiency. He's been great for them. And Ole Miss, as far as a running team, has been really inconsistent, weren't very good at all against Kentucky. And Alabama, even though they have completely transformed from that I-formation team that you were used to seeing in the early years of Nick Saban and Tuscaloosa, now they're a complete spread-out, pro-style spread. Um, They do run RPOs and things of that nature, but they're spreading it out wide. They can still run that type of offense, though. If the elements are against them, they can just line up with their athletes and Najee Harris, and they can just run right at you. And if... They watched the tape of Ole Miss on Saturday against Kentucky. I don't know why you would do anything else anyway, but definitely in a torrential downpour or just rain in general and bad winds, stick to that script and you'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's typically what you do, man. When, when it's a game like that, it's typically one of those games where they, they really preach the running backs, hey, you know, double cover the ball, you know, hold on to the ball, and, um, you know, let's, let's, let's try to get us as – limited limitless on the turnovers and um you know you got you got you got to cover up that ball and stuff so it's the game plan is totally a power kind of downhill game but on the flip side of that now defense has to know there's not going to be a lot of passing so they can stack the box a little bit as well which i mean it could it may or may not help on this but um you know it, it, you, you kind of know what's coming on both sides what kind of benefits both sides going into a game like this knowing you're the underdog is the preparation different and is it demoralizing then if things start to spiral? The last year, I think for you, it was a 52 to three loss to Alabama. Y'all went to that game. Y'all were underdogs. Everybody expected you to lose. You're human beings. That has to go into your brain a little bit. You hear that noise. There could be a human element as far as believing what you're hearing. Does that play into it at all? Does that sometimes happen? Um, uh, to be honest with you, a lot of times when you go into games, you, you know you're facing a good team. But but as as a player and an individual on the field it kind of turns into like an individual job kind of deal. Like, Hey, I'm out there. My job is to block this guy. Um, I'm, I'm going to, you know, you, you kind of get locked into your job. So you really don't think about that kind of stuff. Now, 
Now there's times where you go into games in your individual matchup. I mean, you may be playing a bad team and you're and you're going against their best guy on their team, and that that game turns into turns out to be harder than the the game when you're going against the number one team in the nation or whatever because you're locked into a one on one battle with a with a dude who's very good. So I think a lot of it's individual. And then whenever you get in the, um, you know, when you get in the game, you look at the big picture, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of games played on an, an individual ball. I mean, it's, it's your matchup out there. And then, you know, a lot of times you're not really focusing on the score as, as much as, as people would think. What was the worst atmosphere environment as far as weather was concerned that you ever played in? I would have to think about it pretty hard, but there's, there's been a game or two up in green Bay, um, that was just very cold. Uh, we had, we played the Browns at ho- at home one time, and there was probably two feet of snow on there. And it was, I mean, it, it really affected the whole game. Not both lines could could hardly get a get off, so everybody would stand straight up at the snap and kind of get their feet under each other and hit, which was which was kind of odd in the NFL. But um, if you try to like come off the ball, you would slip and fall. So um, yeah, some of those snow games are incredibly. I mean, they're they're brutal. I thought it'd be fun to play in snow. So for us, it's fun to watch. For y'all, not so much then. No, it's 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 brutal, man. I mean, it helps with the pass rush though. So the pass blocking is. I mean, the DN can't just come up the field and 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 bend the corner and all that because everybody's just sliding all over the place. So um, yeah, no snow games. Snow games are cool. I mean, like a lot of they're cool, but they're. I mean, they're a totally different ball game to play in. All right, let's play out some scenarios here. Ole Miss wins the game if what happens? Pulls off the upset if what happens? I, I said this earlier. If, if we take care of the ball and get just a boatload of turnovers, you know, just just some some stuff happen our way, maybe a quick pick or a couple, maybe a defensive score in there. Um, I think that's the only way we, we're really in this game or have a chance. If both teams don't turn the ball over, you know, it's going to be pretty ugly. So um, I think we take care of it and get. I, I think turnovers. Turnovers are going to be the key to us. Um, you know, getting getting some some cheap points off of them. Um, to for us having a chance to win this game. I don't want to play a little buy or sell. Idiots! Get back in there at once and sell, sell! All right, some buy or sell here on Talk of Champions. This Thursday edition, Bobby Massey coming up here shortly on the Modern Women phone line. Want to do a little buy or sell before we jump to Bob, so here we go. Buy or sell, Matt Corral continues his good work as he's done through two games against Alabama. The toughest test, the best defense he's faced yet. I would say buy if the weather was good, but with with the weather potentially being bad, I think that he could struggle a little bit this week just from the simple fact of, you know, the ball could be wet, and I think Alabama's defense is going to be a little better, better than what we faced up until this point. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to sell that for this week. Buy or sell the Ole Miss defense shows some signs of life against an Alabama offense. That's among the best, not only in the conference, but in the entire nation. I'm going to sell that their, their receivers are, are so fast and so talented. And not, not to mention they have such a good O-line of running back. I just don't know where our strength is on defense. Where do we stop these guys? Um, you know, we give up 400 yards of rushing to Kentucky and 600 yards of passing to Florida. Really, I think Alabama could potentially be able to show up and kind of pick their points and um, pick pick what what their theme of the day is going to be um, for, for this game, which is which is unfortunate. Devontae Smith, last year against Ole Miss, five touchdowns, five. He had three by halftime. Just avoid that. Avoid that kind of embarrassment. 
If you can do that, then that's a win. I know, no moral victories. But for this game, kind of, a little bit, right? I mean, if you cannot let Devontae Smith go for five touchdowns against you, that's a win. Yeah, that always helps. <laughs> that definitely always helps. I mean, that always helps. Okay, buy or sell. The leading receiver for Ole Miss will not be Elijah Moore in this game. He'll for sure be the, the leading receiver in this game. You know, he's been in this he's been in this kind of game before. I think I think he'll be the he'll be the guy this week. Buy or sell. This game doesn't really matter for Ole Miss in the grand scheme of its ten game all SEC schedule. No, it, it this this certainly matters. Um, I mean, listen, Ole Miss is trying to build momentum, and as bad of a mismatch as this could be. If we somehow come out there and hit them in the mouth and, and play them in a good game, I think that I mean I think that really does does wonders for our, for our momentum and recruiting and um, you know Lane can really sell hey you know we don't have our guys yet but we're, we're we're this close to a team like Alabama imagine if we had you in our program you may be the one that gets us over the top so yeah I, I think this I think this game means a lot buy or sell Jerry on Ely starts to look more like himself against Alabama. Um, I'm going to sell that. You have sold that, everything. Yeah. I, I mean, dude, what, what, I mean, we didn't run the ball well versus Kentucky. We ran it okay versus Florida. I don't know. what. Where do you look to – I mean, Alabama's going to have the better run defense, so I don't know where you look to, to see improvement there. Um, I, I honestly would like to see Snoop Connor get a little more involved. I think he fits this, this – um, this kind of game better than, than Jerry on. I think some, some hard hitting power kind of guy would be better for this matchup. Buy or sell Matt Corral is going to be an sec player of the year candidate by the end of the year. I'm buying that 100%. I just laid that up for you, man. Put it on a T for you. No doubt. I'm buying that man. He's going to, um, you know, that there's going to be no stopping him for the year. I mean, just looking at, at all the defense that's being played, which is hardly any in the SEC this year. Um, yeah, he's going to light it up. We'll get right back to Bradley Sal in this edition of Talk of Champions. I have to tell you briefly about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Celebrate! Ole Miss football, it's here. We made it. We made it. Yeah, the season looks a little different, but some normalcy has returned. Now's as good a time as any then to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Think about it. Riding around in your new Jeep Gladiator, your old Miss Car Flag flying on your way to see the Rebels play, can you believe it, in style. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford has you covered. And no, you don't have to worry about COVID-19. They're open for all of your vehicle needs, taking extra precautions to ensure your car buying process is as seamless and safe as possible. Even better, they're offering customers the opportunity to purchase a vehicle completely over the phone or the internet with a delivery to your home. You pick out the vehicle you like. Simply contact them by phone, email, through the website, and they'll prepare the paperwork. Review it with you on the phone and bring it and your vehicle to your home to finalize. So what are you waiting for? Why not? Why not now? Give them a call. 662-638-0044. That's 662-638-0044. Visit them online at allensamuelsoxford.com or see them in person. Socially distanced, of course, at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. All 
All right, we got to get to Bobby Massey on the Modern Woman phone line. Before we do, you play with Bob in Arizona, Chicago, obviously at Ole Miss. What is your best Bobby Massey story? Oh, I have I have a gazillion of them. Yeah, we played in we played at Ole Miss for three years. We played at Arizona together for three years, and we played in Chicago together for three years. So we were nine years. So I know Bob about as well as anybody. But um, you know, he's he's a funny guy. He's always um, always cutting up. But probably my favorite story about Bobby was um, so whenever he was being recruited to Ole Miss, he was obviously the number one tackle in the nation. Was at Ole Miss before him, and I was just about to take over the um, the starting left tackle job. And they threatened me with Bobby all year long. Everybody, hey, we got this tackle coming in. He is, he's the man. He's going to be the future old Miss. So I, I'm thinking, dang, well, I got this five-star coming in here, probably going to replace me. So the first day of spring practice, I mean, it was kind of odd between me and Bobby when he got there because I think he kind of knew he was the man or whatever coming in. And the first day of spring practice, we come out there, we line up. I'm at left tackle. Bobby's a backup left tackle. So they're basically, they're going to try to follow through with this plan. Well, by the second day, he was so bad. Thank goodness Bobby Massey cannot take a, a pass set from the left side. I mean, he can't even get in a stance. It's almost comical. And he, he basically didn't steal my job, which was nice. And he's so good on the right side, he ended up stealing the right tackle's job or taking over the right tackle's job. And that was, you know, the guy that was probably, you know, messing with me the most about it. So um yeah he's i'm glad to know him we played together a long time but he um he's a totally right he's a he's a right tackle true and true bobby massey can't do anything else other than play right tackle take the best set in the nfl and, and absolutely kick ass on the right side you were listening in as i interviewed bob i wanted you to ask some questions but you're a little timid you're not ready to do interviews yet poor thing um <laughs> But you heard me say it. Now that Eli's retired, now that you're out of the league, Bobby is the oldest Ole Miss Rebel in the NFL, which is wild to me. Yeah, he's um, – I'll tell you one thing I'm proud of Bobby on is he's grown so much um, since coming from Ole Miss to the NFL. He's – and it took him a couple of years when he got in the NFL as well, but he he's a true leader out there, man. People really look up to him because he really, he really attacks practice like an absolute pro. He never takes a day off. He, he rarely ever misses a game, and he's he's always going 100%. And he doesn't say a whole lot, honestly, in, in the locker room. But, man, they look up to Big Big Bob as like – he's like the bouncer, man. If you if you you don't want to cross Bobby, he's nice as can be, quiet guy, but you don't want to cross him, man. And people look up to him, and he's um, he's a true pro. I mean, he goes out there, competes. He's very consistent, and, um, you know, he's he's really grown to be, a, to be a special player in the NFL, which is why he's gotten rewarded with – with two really good contracts and um, you know, he's kind of changed his life, which is, which is great for him. I remember when he declared one thing he told me back when me and 40 had him on the podcast a long time ago, one of the obvious reasons why he left, he didn't want to do a whole new staff with Hugh freeze and stuff. It, it was his time to go, but he had some family stuff too. Right. And sometimes <laughs> when it's time to go, it's just time to go. And for Bobby, it was time to go. It was disappointing for him, I know, because he was getting some buildup as a potential first rounder going into the draft, and then he falls all the way to the fourth, which hurt him. But now he got his money. He's nine years in, and he's the oldest Ole Miss Rebel in the pros. It's a tremendous success story. And if you're an Ole Miss fan, I remember the disappointment when he left. I remember how disappointed you were sounds like we're doing an infomercial for Bobby Massey. But anyway, but like what an ambassador for your university that he has become. And yeah, he hadn't been back to Oxford since his pro day, but man, he's still repping Ole Miss. He's not Bradley Sow obsessed with Ole Miss, but 
he's still proud that he was an Ole Miss Rebel. Yeah, you got to remember, Bobby's a Virginia guy, so he doesn't quite, you know, he wasn't quite, he kind of came here as, you know, a fan of, not really a fan of, of anybody, you know, so he doesn't have quite the, um, the love for Ole Miss that like a Mississippi kid would have, but he does represent Ole Miss very well. And one thing you got to remember about Bobby, so he did end up falling to the fourth round, but me and him both had the same issues when we were at Ole Miss, and it was our pass blocking. Bobby, by talent standard, should have been a first rounder, and I think myself by talent should have been, you know, a mid rounder. So, but we both fell far because we neither one of us could pass block very well, and that's just is what it is. But we both had the exact same coach in Arizona that fixed both of us. And Bobby is much more talented, much more naturally gifted than me. So he ended up going on to be a big time player. And I was able to have an NFL career because we had a coach in Larry Zerline that fixed both of us at the same time. Literally. I mean, he took both of us and, and, and changed up all of our technique, all of our pass blocking, all, took us through the same drills. We did the drills together, you know, just basically just pounded us through. And we both fixed a, a big area of that, that we struggle with in, in, at Ole Miss. And it turned both of our careers around. And his has been, I mean, he's, he's Pro Bowl level, honestly. He really is a Pro Bowl type talent. Is that more of an indictment on Houston Nutt and Mike Markison or just more of a feather in the cap for the coach that fixed you? I don't know. I don't want to place blame on anybody, but I, I will say this, that um, I, I would have liked to have known what I knew in the NFL once I, once I ha we had a coach who really, you know, worked with us really well and applied it to college. Now, you know, we were, we were great run blockers and, and we continue to be good run blockers in the NFL, but neither one of us had very good pass blocking technique and it cost us, you know, a lot going into the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I'll just say that the coach, I still talk, the coach that fixed both of us, I call him all the time and thank him all the time because I probably would have played a year or two tops if he wouldn't have just, you know, invested his time into myself and Bobby, which is a, a good lesson out there for all coaches. You know, find a kid that you can invest time in that you think you can really work with him and change his life. That guy changed me and Bobby's life, and, and we, we both appreciate it. What was the issue? Was it tightening up the kickbacks and getting back faster? Was it hands? I mean, what, what was the problem? You know, a, a lot of it, I mean, it's hard to get into exact technique, but a lot of it was our hands. You know, neither one of us punched very well, and both of us had very long, long, loopy sets, you know, and that's just not very good for the NFL. So he really tightened us up. He showed us where to put weight. You know, weight distribution is huge for an O-lineman when it comes to leaning and, and stuff like that, and where to keep your weight while you're sliding and while you're punching is, is a big deal. So, I mean, he retrained all of us, and both of us at one time, it was hilarious. We used to laugh because we had the exact same set, we punched just the same. We played just the same. We knew when to take chances, and it was all because one guy kind of fixed us. And not only did you know, I had that guy fix me, but Bobby also trained with Latrell's Bentley, who was huge in his life too. So he had it coming from both sides. And you know, I, I probably should have went to Latrell's as well to, to kind of get the double dose. But, but yeah, but Bobby had had two really good teachers that that I mean, they turned him, they took his talent and, and max, maximized it. What's it like with Ole Miss Rebels in the pros, even if it's guys that um, are much younger than you? Is that connection – I asked this to Bob, so I'm going to ask it to you. Is that connection there? I mean, do you all, all know each other? Um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I, I knew everybody just by watching Ole Miss. But yeah, because you look at the recruiting rankings and all that stuff too. <laughs> yeah, so the first couple of years, it's guys that um, – that you know that you knew or you may have played with so it was, it was really easy to go up talk to him hey you know hotty toddy kind of like bob says like go up and talk to him but as the years went on uh, as you get into year six seven eight nine now you're, you're talking about dudes who were you know middle school when you got to old miss so that you don't really know them that well 
And um, so you you would go up and occasionally, you know, talk to him or, or give him a little advice or whatever. And, um, you know, whatever. But, yeah, it, it, once you got older, it was a little bit a little bit different. I mean, the guys would barely even know who you were. So, Of all these young guys that have come into the league, we're getting way off topic here. But, look, it's Thursday. Ole Miss is going to lose to Alabama. Let's just talk. Of all these young guys that came up after you, Dante, DK, AJ, Laquan, Rob, Laramie, whatever, which one – most surprised you either with their success or their failure? Um, I would say that I'll go, I want to go two guys right here. So I think Dawson Knox really surprised me in a sense of, you know, obviously we didn't use him at Ole Miss. So I really had no clue he was that good until I had a scout from the, when I was with the bears, he said, Hey, I'm going down to Ole Miss tomorrow. Um, you know, so I started naming all these guys. Hey, look at this guy. Look at this guy. I didn't think to name Dawson Knox. Well, he comes back to me. I probably told the story on here before. He comes back to me and he says, hey, the one of the best guys there was this tight end named Dawson Knox. He's literally going to be a second or third rounder. I'm like, for real? There's no, there's no way. Like, he's never even called it Harley. He's never even called a touchdown there. So he was like, hey, no, I'm telling you, he's going to be a baller. So that really surprised me. Then obviously you go back to, to Kim Dietschy, who was, you know, the number one player in the in the nation coming in. I went up and watched an old Miss practice one time and dude, the dude whooped everybody on the line. He was never blocked once. He was the most dominant player I'd, I'd ever seen in like a pass rush drill. So I left that practice saying, Hey dude, this dude's literally the next Warren Sapp. And for whatever reason, you know, I don't know if it was off the field or whatever for him. I'm praying, you know, he's, he's on track now and he's happy in his life, but it didn't kind of translate to the, the pro multiple pro bowl career that I thought it would be. But um, you know, that's unfortunate, but you know, it, it's, it's not for everybody. And it's, you know, some people, you know, kind of, kind of go with the wind. I know Rob way too well. I went to Clarksdale to catch up with him. He was playing saxophone at Morgan Freeman's bar. And it was in December because the media, we weren't going to find him. And I'd heard that he wasn't going to play in the sugar bowl. So I break that story by going and talking to Rob. Some other things happened that night, which was a lot of fun. Rob was always a different cat. And then years later, Okay, he's in the league. Me and Kentrell and my buddy Kratz, we go to Atlanta because we've been invited by Denzel and Rob to their art gala. And this is when I kind of knew that as freakish an athlete, because I'm like you, when I saw Rob the first time, you went, oh, my God. The two guys that I watched for the first time and said, oh, my God, that's without a doubt. An NFL player could leave right now and probably get drafted were Laramie and Rob. But Laramie, his whole deal was it was football, football. Yeah, he was eccentric and a lot like Denzel and Rob as far as his interests. But he knew it was going to make him money. He's his own agent, all that kind of stuff. And he got paid. Rob, meanwhile, it never seemed like he truly cared. Like football was a means to an end for him, right, for his other pursuits. And we go to this art gala. He was doing slam poetry about his dad in front of his dad, <laughs> which is the most awkward thing because we're all standing there by his dad. And Rob goes into this slam poetry. You hear 40 just go, oh, well, there goes Sunday. And Sunday was out the door because he was not going to stand there and just listen to Rob just rail all over him. And Denzel raps and forgets all the lyrics to his own song. That's when I knew. I don't know if Rob even wants to play football, really wants to play football, which is completely fine. I mean, whatever you want to do, pursue that. That one didn't surprise me only because I knew Rob too well. The one that surprised me was Laquan. I never expected Laquan to be a bust. 
after that injury, though, you just don't know. You, you just don't know. I mean, when he had, if Laquan never has that injury, I think we're talking about something different right now. But I think the injury was he what he was before that and after. I mean, I think that I think the injury is why I wasn't surprised with uh, with Laquan struggling a little bit. With Bob, you knew it immediately. There are certain guys you knew it immediately that they were going to yeah. go and they were going to be good. And I thought Laquan was one of those guys. But you're right. When he got hurt, it was debilitating. But he bounced back from it, though. He looked like himself. Yeah, I mean, he was very, very good before. And he was really good after. But I don't know that he was – he put, still put the same stats, but I don't know on film that he was the same player after his injury. I don't think he moved – quite as well, well as he, as people. I mean, he moved well enough to, to do well in college where there's been a lot of people like that, but I don't think he was that elite level movement after, after his injury. Okay. We've delayed too long. We got to get to Bobby Massey on the modern woman phone line. This is talk of champions. If you haven't already subscribed, review talk of champions and iTunes. And when you do leave a five-star review, I don't care what you say. As long as it's five stars, if you don't like the podcast, cool. You can tell me that make sure it's a five-star review. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Spirit, OleMSpirit.com, and Affiliate of 247 Sports. Going to go now and talk to Bobby Massey. He's headed downtown for Thursday night football on the Modern Woodman phone line. But first, let's hear from BNA Bank and Modern Woodman. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now on the Modern Woodman phone line, it's Bobby Massey, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, longtime NFL vet. I think your ninth year, Bob. What's up? Hey, what's going on, man? It's good to hear from you, man. It's been a while. Welcome back to the pod. We're catching up before Thursday night football, man. Like, you're busy right now. Yeah, man. I'm actually headed downtown right now to the hotel. Tom Brady and the Bucks coming to Soldier Field. Primetime matchup. You got to be hyped. This is a big one. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good game, man. I can't wait to get out there. What's the prep like on a short week? On a short week, basically, it's just, it's just through all week long. It's more mental than it is physical. So just trying to cram cram in the game plan, you know, cram in all your film watching and, you know, getting your body right from 
just playing the full game, but uh, four days ago. So, yeah, man, that's, that's really it. Well, hey, maybe you can come up with another winning play like you did against the Giants. Because, Bob, a fourth down catch off of a deflected Mitch Trubisky pass. Tell me you got a game ball. No, I didn't get a damn game ball, man. What? <laughs> I wish I did, but no, man, I didn't, I didn't get one, unfortunately. Soft hands, though, Bob. You look like you could have been a tight end. I uh, could have been. Could have been. Uh, they need to put me in 85, like they said Brad. Okay, let me get this from you, because Brad's listening in. He doesn't know if he's going to ask a question or not. When Brad caught his touchdown and then did his dance, was it accepted in the locker room, or did you give him shit? No, nah, I mean, it was accepted. I mean, just because he's a big guy scoring a touchdown. I don't know where the hell the dance came from. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but he sold it, though, man. Like, you got to give it to him. All right, I'm going to make you feel old here. Eli's retired. Brad is pretty much retired, maybe unofficially. But you're now the oldest Ole Miss Rebel in the NFL. Congrats, Bob. Yeah, I know. Actually, I was just talking to Woody the other day about that. (laughs) It's crazy, man. I didn't think this day would come. What's it like, though, when after a game, you see one of these young Rebels like DK Metcalf, whoever. These are young guys. You didn't play with them. You didn't really even know these dudes. But there's that Ole Miss connection and I got to put respect on your name, Bob. Did they know who you are? I guess so. Uh, I know they got my picture up there in the building down there. But um, then when I see most of the young guys, I walk up to them and say hi to Tiny, give them a fist pound, and I swap a jersey with them, and, you know, just uh, wish them the best in their season. Tell me you got a jersey from Eli before he retired. No, nah, man, I wish I wish I could have. I, I, I wish I got one. Come on, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Maybe you can pull some strings for me and get, get me one. Well, now you put the pressure on Bob, damn it. Okay, well, um, <laughs> it's Alabama week. I know that yeah. your Ole Miss teams didn't beat Alabama, but you had one of the most memorable recruiting moments in Ole Miss history. And I know it's been so long ago now, and you're a tenured NFL vet who's gotten the big contract and everything, but take me back to that day. First of all, did you know that you were going to do the whole hat flip thing? What prompted it? to fake like you were going to put on the Alabama hat and uh, grab the old Miss hat. What went all into that decision? Well, I was I was kind of 50-50 deciding where I wanted to go. And um, it came down, it was between Old Miss and Alabama. And um, I talked to Saban the night before, and, you know, me, me and him, we kind of, we were on different pages. We, we didn't see eye to eye on a few things. And, um, you know, he, he gave me an ultimatum, and I told him, you'll have my answer in the morning. And morning came, and, you know, I was there in front of, you know, it was my turn, my turn to go sign and uh, make my commitment after the other guys. And I went up there and had the hats in a row and grabbed the Alabama hat. And going up there, I still really wasn't too sure. You know, while I was watching the other guys commit, uh, what I was going to do. And once I sat down at the table, I knew I knew I was going to be a rebel. So I grabbed the Alabama hat, you know, gave it a little fop, then threw it on the ground, and I'm a damn rebel. Wait, 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 wait. This adds a whole different layer to this. So really, you made your decision at the table. I did. Whoa, so Ole Miss found real, out in real time. Yeah, yeah, whole country found out. <laughs> 
my mom, she, was, she found out too. She was a little unhappy about the decision, but it worked out. Ole Miss was in on you really hard for a long time. Marcuson desperately wanted you. But did you know much about Ole Miss during your recruitment? I mean, how did they get into the game? Because you had everybody chasing after you. Yeah, um, I didn't really know too much too much about them early on. But, um, you know, uh, Coach Markson, him and Coach Nutt, I probably saw them probably three, four times um, during that season while I was at Hargrave. And, you know, they were just cool cool guys, man. You know, they were real. And uh, Coach Markson, he had coached some, some good linemen uh, in his career. And, you know, I just, I just don't want to be another one of them. And once I took my visit down there, you know, I just fell in love with it, you know, just with the people and with the guys that were on the team. You know, I felt like I was already a part of the team before I signed, and, you know, it just felt like home. When's the last time you were in Oxford? Ooh, um, that would be my pro day, 2012. Wow, wow. I heard, I heard Oxford changed, changed a whole lot since then. Bob, you have no idea, man. Yeah, and Brad's got a golf simulator in his house, so you got to come back, man. You got to experience this. Well, obviously after COVID and your seasons and all that kind of stuff, but yeah, man, we got to get you back in town. Yeah, man. I, got, I wish I could get down for some games, but unfortunately, time won't allow me to. Schedule just box. Do you still watch the games? Oh yeah, I watch them. You know when I when I have the opportunity. So did you see Ole Miss beat Kentucky on Saturday? I saw that overtime game, yeah. There you go. What do you think about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin? When you heard that that happened, being an Ole Miss guy, what was your response? I, thought, I mean, I thought it was a good hire. You know, um, yeah, he was awesome. He did good when he was down at uh, uh, Florida Atlantic. And said he's a hell of a recruiter. And, you know, he's, he's won basically everywhere he's been. So I thought, I thought it was a great hire. When you do decide to hang them up, will you be spending a lot of your retirement in Oxford, Mississippi? Because that's what Brad's doing now. I'll spend some time down there. You know, me and Brad, we talked about, you know, maybe coaching together down at Ole Miss. We talked about it a few times. And um, we'll see what happens, man. You know, I'm going to get back down there. I like to come for some great games. And I want to get into coaching. So uh, I might intern down there. We'll see. So when you get done, you don't want to just kind of breeze into retirement, enjoy all the hard work. You want to jump right into coaching. Yeah, I mean, because I, I want to stay connected to the game in, in some way. Bobby Massey, Ole Miss coach, in some form or fashion, assistant, whatever. That sounds right. That's the path, then, to get you back home. Yeah, it got a ring to it, don't it? I kind of like it. Thursday night football, Bobby Massey and the Bears against Tom Brady and the Bucks. I got to get your take on this now. Y'all had a quarterback change, so how much have y'all been absolutely pestered by the Chicago media about the quarterback change and all that craziness and stuff? Uh, I mean, it's been it's been nonstop since uh, since Nick Foles got here. Um, uh, the media is trying trying to get our opinion of who, who the players think should, should start, but you know that's it's not up to the players. So as an offensive lineman, as a leader, how do you handle it in the locker room? Because you have to be a locker room policeman, right? No, I'm, I'm a quiet guy in the locker room, man. You know, I, I kind of do my job and go home. That is shocking to me, having talked to you for a number of times, thinking of you as the quiet guy, Bob. <laughs> that is not you, man. Come on. 
Well, Bob, thanks for coming on and doing this, man. Enjoy Thursday night football. I hope you win. You're old now, so hey, you know, protect the hips and stuff. Don't get hurt. I'm throwing that word around, man. I'm, I'm trying to make you feel as old as possible, Bob. I'm just trying to protect you. Wrap it up in <laughs> bubble tape, you know, bubble wrap. Take care of yourself, and uh, let's catch up again. All right, definitely, definitely. Thank you for having me on. That was Bobby Massey. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, longtime NFL vet. He's the co-host of Talk of Champions. Coming back in just a second. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Cheney's Pharmacy. Believe it, the return of Ole Miss football has arrived. The Rebels are playing. Really, it's happening. But as exciting a time as it is, make sure you're staying safe. And that includes trusting that your pharmacy has you taken care of. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years. As red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Stay safe. Enjoy some football. And make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. All right, Brad, before we wrap this up, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Ole Miss and Alabama are scheduled, as we're recording, to play on Saturday. There is a chance that that game could be moved. Friday, Sunday, November 7th, all options. Late Wednesday, the word was moving it from 5 to 6.30. So we don't know as we're recording this if you were tuning in to get some news. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint. We both believe that Ole Miss is going to lose, so let's go ahead and make our score predictions. What's the score? I'm going to say 55. If if the weather's good, I'm going to give it – I'm going to say 55 to 28. I'm just hoping that Ole Miss doesn't allow 60. So I'll say 59-32. Well, here's yeah. It's it's hard to judge because I, I mean our our defense is um you know I, I feel like there's a chance that they could be like running the clock in the fourth. It's just one of those games you just don't know. I mean, but they, see, the thing with Ole Miss is it's tempo, tempo, tempo. Yeah, Nick Saban said, well, our defense will have to adjust. But look, if the Alabama defense slows Ole Miss down and stops them, no one has yet. But Alabama is the best defense they face. If Alabama stops them, that's going to be a quick three and out, right? And Alabama is not the type of offense anymore that they're just going to run it down your throat. They're going yeah. to go fast, too. <laughs> and they can hang so, so 28 on thing, you in a quarter. Should the offense maybe look to, to slowing it down this week? No. would be the real question. No, you know? no so. that's not what Lane Kiffin will ever do. Tempo is the whole deal. Yeah. You live by it, you die by it. I am fascinated right, 60, by this game. 63, 63 to 31. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure, you talked me out of my predictions. Yeah, well. Since he's going to just give them – he's going to give them 30 possessions. And yeah. I'm yeah. nervous. <laughs> Now, if it's a torrential downpour, nobody's hitting sixty. Yeah, we we don't have turf. If we if we still had turf, I would I would say we would um, you know, we have potential there. But yeah, we have we have grass now, so it's gonna get pretty sloppy out there. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, it'll, it'll be tough to hit sixty. All right. 
We've already done our whole Alabama preview and talked to Bobby and done all that stuff. And by the way, isn't that great? Bobby really didn't know which school he was going to pick. So the Alabama hat flip was when he decided. That's when he decided, you know what? Screw Alabama. I'm going to Ole Miss. His mom was unhappy. I love that. I love that so much. I know. And listen, and one thing I didn't know, I learned, he never he never even told me. We've been together for nine, ten years. He never even told me that him and Saban had a you know, they had a dispute or they had they disagreed. I don't have to ask them what they what they disagreed about. So I know part of that. I, if I if I had to guess it had something to do with the fluker guy coming yep. in and which if he would get to play or whatever. So um yeah, and I used to always mess with Bobby. I was like, Man, good thing you went to um you didn't go to Alabama, you'd been Fluker's backup. So I used to give him a lot of crap about that. Um, you know, so yeah, it's it, who knows what, what actually what happened. I think that the recruiting pitch for Alabama was you're the right tackle, Fluker's the left. And Ole Miss was like, You're coming in, you're playing left tackle. And he still ended up playing right tackle. That's what's so great about it. I know. And let me tell you something, Bobby can <laughs> there ain't nothing left about Bobby. I mean, he is he can't play any he he can't even hardly get in a stance on the left side. It's actually hilarious. He has one of the most athletic right tackle sets I've ever seen, but for whatever reason, this is his left hip or whatever. It just he cannot even hardly get in a stance on the left side. So it's um yeah, it's a it's a no. He gave you credit for your dance, man. Congratulations. Everybody was on your side on the team. Oh, uh, you know he loved that. Bobby Bobby was he was fired up about the dance. I had to do what I had to do there, man. Yeah. That's my only touchdown ever in the NFL, so yeah. You think Bob has soft hands? I mean, he did catch that fourth down conversion. He didn't mean to. No. No? He does not. I know for a fact he can't throw the ball. Everybody jokes about the way he throws, and he, <laughs> and he can't kick. Matter of fact, he tapes his hands up so – during the game, he tapes his hands up so – I mean, it looks like a UFC fighter. I, I mean, he he, he totally – I love Bob. He caught that ball on his chest. His chest caught that ball. So, yeah, he's <laughs> – it was a great catch, but he yeah, the, the, his chest caught it totally. All right, so Brad Crawford of 247 Sports ranked, after two weeks, the SEC quarterbacks. I only bring this up not to drag Brad. It's an opinion. Cool. Whatever Brad Crawford thinks is awesome. Brad's a good dude. But I knew that Bradley Sal would not be happy. I'm going to start at number eight and go down. Number eight is Colin Hill from South Carolina. Number seven, Kellen Mond of Texas A&M. And this is where Bradley Sal is going to start to get upset. Number six, Miles Brennan. Yeah, right. Listen, he played Vandy last week. Like, uh, I don't even, I didn't even look at his stats. Maybe he did do good versus Vandy, but no, man, no, zero chance. He's fifty of eighty-three for sixty-point-two percent, six hundred and eighty-two yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. You're not buying Miles Brennan. No, I'm not. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see whenever. We'll see whenever he faces a, a defense, a really good defense. Your hatred of Miles Brennan is going to sustain me all year. All right, number five. I don't, I don't know. For the record, I don't know Miles personally. I'm just not a huge fan because I I know the people he played in high school. I just know some antics he's done, so I just can't. I can't be a fan of that. So that's he may be a good kid. He may end up being a good quarterback. I'm just not a. I I, I made a I made a prediction on him four years ago. Um, whenever he came out, and it's it's held true. So I'm I'm gonna roll with that. You know, Ole Miss was desperate to land him at the end of his recruitment, right? They completely slow played him, had no interest in him, and then in January got really serious about him. So there you go. Your favorite team could have had one of your least favorite players as his quarterback. He would have been holding the clipboard. Anyways, keep going. All right, number five, KJ Costello of Mississippi State. How far the mighty have fallen in two weeks. 
Yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get the he, – he may throw his arm off the socket by the end of the year. I mean, he's going to throw 60 times a game. He can, can only complete 30 passes, 50%. He still can throw over 500 yards. I mean, the, the dude's going to need a, a, a total um, – you know, he's going to be the first swell player to get Tommy Johns. I mean, the dude's throwing the ball a gazillion times. Number four, the best quarterback name, Stetson Bennett of Georgia. You know, I watch that kid. And I don't know. I don't know much about him. Is he a, what, what? What year is he? Is he a freshman, sophomore? Um, he's I think, got some swag. No, I think he's an upperclassman. Here's the thing: he started number four. Wake Forest transfer Jamie Newman, USC transfer JT Daniels, and then Dewan Mathis. Newman opted out. JT Daniels wasn't medically cleared in time for the opener. Bennett took over, and he hasn't given it up. He's 37 of 57, 451 yards, three touchdowns. He plays baseball. The only reason I knew who Stetson Bennett was, I cover Ole Miss baseball. That's one of my main sports is baseball and basketball. And then I do supplemental football coverage and this podcast. Um, but I knew Stetson Bennett because he plays for Georgia. He's a hell of a baseball player. And now he's their starting quarterback. Yeah, I, 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 he's got a little swag to him. I, I like the way he plays. I mean, he, he looked pretty good at, uh, at times when I was watching some of their games. All right, here we go. Here's the controversy. Number three, Matt Corral. Number two... Kyle Trask, number one, Mac Jones. Um, so, so okay, Trask, I can live with that. Mac Jones, I mean, insert name there. Al, no, you should just put Alabama's quarterback because I mean the, he's surrounded. I mean he's got he's got talent all around him. He's going to look better than 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 the other guys is is the way I see it. But how about put Mac Jones on Ole Miss right now? And where is he ranking? That's that's the real question. See, that's my deal. Mac Jones is the national leader in quarterback efficiency at 222.07. That's great. He's headed for 3,500 yards and then some. That's great. Matt Corral would be doing that if not more because look at that roster. Look at yeah, the roster. Kyle Trask maybe doesn't have the arm talent of Mac Jones. He certainly doesn't have the arm talent of Matt Corral, but his accuracy is the best in the country. He's on his way to becoming a first-round draft pick. My whole deal is this. If you don't rank Kyle Trask first, you're doing it wrong. Because Mac Jones, there has to be an asterisk. There has to be a disqualifier. He's the Alabama quarterback. You could take Kyle Trask. You could take Matt Corral. Hell, you could take K.J. Costello and insert them in that offense. And they're going to put up comparable, or in the case of maybe Matt Corral, Kyle Trask, better numbers than Matt Jones. Well, the, the sample size explains itself. I mean, it, this has been going on for years. I mean, all the Alabama quarterbacks have have been efficient enough to win a national title and put up numbers. And But how many of them are playing on Sundays right now? There's not – I don't know if there is one. So, um, yeah, I mean, the, the, it's the, – they're surrounded. I mean, they're, they're a mini NFL team. That's a really good point about Alabama quarterbacks. When's the last Alabama quarterback to go to the league and produce? Uh, I don't know that. I, I don't know that I know any. Not in, not that I can think of. I mean, Tua Tua presents a, you know, a chance. But I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick starting over him. I don't know what the strategy. I don't know. Maybe that's the Miami Dolphins' strategy. But I mean, most first top end picks are thrown in there pretty pretty quickly. So. Uh, maybe he's not ready. Maybe he's coming off injury, whatever. But um, he's probably their best hope going forward. But you know, AJ McCarron's doing okay. But he was—he's a backup. Um, you know, yeah, I don't really know of, of any that have, that have kind of 
you know, taken off and been a, you know, a long tiered NFL quarterback that's, you know, winning and stuff. Because there isn't one. Two is not starting because he's not quite healthy yet. That's what my take is. Two is going to be good, but he's probably getting a medical redshirt type of year. They don't want to play him if they don't have to. But let's just go as far back as 2002. Mac Jones is this year. Tua from 2018 to 2019. Jalen Hurts, he has a chance. He has a chance. Carson Wentz hasn't impressed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Hurts. I I mean, I could see Hurts doing something, but I don't know. I don't know that, you know, you line up and they can, when it's a passing situation, when when you have to, like, say you get behind in a game, can he bring you back? Um, with his arm and stuff, I don't know, but I think if you know if you're on a good team and and you're up and you you have him in the correct offense, you know, play actiony where he can run and all that, um, you know, I think that he he would do well. I mean, you look at Lamar Jackson, he's a very very good player, but he plays very very good when he's up, when he has the league lead and can kind of do his thing. You look at the other night when they were playing the Chiefs, I mean, it wasn't that wasn't his world to be down by a bunch of points trying to throw his way back into the game, so. Yeah, I mean, I could see Hurts potentially doing something, but he's going to need to be on, you know, a team that that plays with the lead a lot. Jake Coker, Blake Sims, A.J. McCarron got some time, but he wasn't a good quarterback. Greg McElroy, John Parker Wilson, Brody Croyle, he got some time with the Kansas City Chiefs. It just doesn't happen. So there is a valid argument that Alabama quarterbacks are straight-up system quarterbacks, especially under Nick Saban. It's a factory for the NFL. So... It's hard for me looking at the history and knowing that all of these quarterbacks put up gaudy stats. Remember John Parker Wilson's stats? Remember Jake Coker's stats? We've seen this before. But if you're asking me to buy NFL draft stock in Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, or Matt Corral, it's probably Trask, Corral, and Jones in that order. And I'm not sure I wouldn't put KJ Costello as a better NFL quarterback prospect in Mac Jones. I'm not sure if I wouldn't even look at that kid from South Carolina that I just mentioned, whose name has just now escaped me. Colin Bennett? Colin Bennett? Is that his name? Yeah, whatever. It's not fair to the other quarterbacks to compare them to Alabama quarterbacks because Alabama quarterbacks are always going to produce because it's an NFL factory. What are we judging it based on? Are we just judging it based on stats? Because here's another thing too. Ole Miss has been more successful at developing quarterbacks for the NFL than Alabama. The only reason why Chad Kelly isn't starting in the league, he was headed that way with the Denver Broncos, is because he had a little too much fun, ended up getting hammered and broke into somebody's house and was sitting on their couch. Chad Kelly had all the tools, and he also got hurt his senior year. Were you a big Chad Kelly believer? Listen, I am, I, I am beyond a Chad Kelly believer. I, I said multiple times, man, he, he was a real deal at Ole Miss. I, I I know everybody loves Eli, and Eli is—he's a Manning. He is—he is Ole Miss, the face of Ole Miss. But man, Chad Kelly did some stuff in games. That Arkansas game—I came down when I was in the NFL. And I, we played Arkansas. It was a game we lost with the crazy throwback, or I th- one one of the two. But that dude was the best quarterback I'd ever seen out there on the field that night. I think he threw for three or four hundred yards and ran for another hundred fifty. Like I—I I was I was Chad Kelly to the, I, I think Chad Kelly is the best quarterback to ever played Ole Miss. I can't argue. But Eli, Archie, Chad Kelly, Ole Miss has developed quarterbacks. Here's the question. Which one would you go with? If you were a scout or an evaluator, would you rather watch Mac Jones on his pro day throwing to Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell? They're going to make him look great. They're going to make his talent look that much more, even probably better than it really is. And knowing the track record of both programs with recent quarterbacks and going to the NFL, who would you take? 
It's Matt Corral. Yeah, I think just the way the game shifted now, um, the fact that Matt Matt Corral can kind of move around a little bit is a little more yes. athletic. I think I think that helps his case. I'm not so sure Trask and 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 Jones are actually NFL players. I, I really don't, but um, you know, the t- time will tell on that. But I think if you look at, at the three of them, I mean. It, being able to move a little bit is, is what is what's what's part of the game now. And, and I think there's something that goes into that, that that people don't really know that don't watch football is with all the rules in the NFL now um, with limited practices and stuff. The O-line play just isn't what it used to be back in the day because they don't get enough practice. They, they really don't. They don't get to wear pads nearly as much. And that's a position where you have to. And I, I don't think the pass blocking is nearly as good as as it has been in years past. And I think that that kind of calls for a little bit more of a mobile quarterback. And that's something that the common fan probably wouldn't even look at and care to care to know about. But that's a real conversation within the NFL and, and older coaches. They always say, hey, the O-line play nowadays is nowhere near what it used to be because the, the, the limited amount of practice. My God, if somebody had told you and me this time last year, we would be the strongest advocates for Matt Corral as a better or one of the very best, if not the best, NFL quarterback prospect in the SEC. Oh my God. Listen, your tape, your football tape is your resume. And that, that is, that's a phrase I always love. What he's doing now is what we get to judge him by. What he did last year is what we got to judge him by. That's, that's your resume. So last year he, he didn't look last year. He got screwed by an incompetent staff. I agree. And we were only allowed to judge him off what we saw on the field. And Matt Corral is a guy. I, I would judge him separately as a guy as I would on the field. Like, hey, he's probably, you know, if I met him, I'd make a judgment, whatever. On the field, I only judge what I see on tape. This year, he's he's playing as good as any quarterback in the nation, and that's the way I'm going to judge him. And he could have a decision to make at the end of the year. That is wild. This has been Talk of Champions. My thanks to Bobby Massey. If you haven't already, subscribe to Review Talk of Champions on iTunes. Also available on SoundCloud and Spotify. Check out the Ole Miss Spirit, the website that I write for, omspirit.com, and for the 247 Sports Thank you, Brad. It was fun. We'll do it again. Awesome. Hotty toddy, man. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.